Welcome back to Surviving Creativity, the show about following your dreams, becoming your own boss, and surviving the process. This week, part two of the Surviving Creativity Convention Special, in which the gang heads up to Emerald City Comic Con 2014 in Seattle, Washington, to talk one-to-one with creators about what it is that makes them tick. If you missed part one, head on over to patreon.com forward slash surviving creativity and listen there. Take a look at patreon.com and keep in mind that surviving creativity is made possible by patrons like you. If you like what you hear and you're interested in helping us out, please consider becoming a patron and supporting the show. For our convention special, we came up with five questions that we think really get to the heart of creativity. We ask creators to define for us success to tell us about their greatest failure, to give us some insight into their process, to let us know what is their trick, and to give our audience one piece of advice. We've done our best to talk to people from all aspects of the creative industry. This week, we've got Director of Business Development at Image Comics, Ron Richards, cartoonist Meredith McLaren, writer and journalist Graham McMillan, cartoonist Kel McDonald, Illustrator, Tyler Crook. Writer of comics and animation, Frank Gibson. Cartoonist, Danielle Corsetto. Novelist and comic writer, Greg Rucka. And artist and illustrator, Joel Jones. Whether you're an aspiring creator or an adoring fan, you're going to love what these people have to say. So sit back, relax, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Surviving Creativity. Hi, Ron. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing really well. Now, uh, you, what is your title at Image? Tell us a little about yourself. Uh, my name is Ron Richards. I'm the director of business development at Image Comics, yeah. um, where I get to do a lot of spreadsheets and uh, <laughs> work with some immensely talented people. And, uh, I love that spreadsheets is first on the list before yeah. immensely talented people. <laughs> a lot of numbers, a lot of numbers, but it's good. It's fun, you know. It's it's uh, I get to be involved in the process of making comics, which, sure. I, n- which I never thought I'd ever be able to. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, welcome to Surviving Creativity, and just really quick for our listeners, this moment is weird for us uh, because I was once the director of marketing at Oni Press, and you were one of the founders and people running iFanboy. Yep. And I was the one holding the mic and begging you to talk to Brian Lee O'Malley. And, <laughs> yep. and now I'm holding the mic and trying to get five minutes with you. The tables are turned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's an interesting uh, turn of events for sure. So uh, on Surviving Creativity, we, every week we have on uh, a guest and we uh, talk to them about creative fill-in-the-blank. And the guests range from all over the map, which is why I'm talking to you. Because as someone who worked in production, I know and you know that there is as much creative juice that has to go into the things that you're doing with your spreadsheets as there is on on the creative side of the element absolutely absolutely I mean you I I, it's funny because someone you know a lot of people ask me do I 
have aspirations to make comics and stuff like that. And I, I don't. Like, I, I always say, you know, no, like, I don't want to be a, yeah. I can't draw, I can't write. I mean, I can write. I can write an email, but I can't write a story. Um, but I would argue that you are making comics. Like, this is the thing, that I used to get that question, too, and it's like, I am making comics. Yeah, what are you talking exactly. about? That's what I say. I mean, yeah. because I'm, I'm able to be creative and apply my creative ability to, you know, sales strategies and marketing strategies sure. and, and, and putting on, you know, um, a convention dedicated to our yeah. publishing company yeah, and, yeah. and doing these booths and, and cons and yeah. stuff like that. So. so every person that comes on our show gets asked five questions. All right. uh, the, the Furious Five or the Finagling Five or whatever the hell you want. Alliteration, <laughs> alliteration of the week. All right, there you go. Uh, so there's no right or wrong answers. Obviously, answer whatever comes into your head first. There, there's nothing is wrong about any of this yeah. stuff. All right. All right. Cool. You ready? Um, hit me. <laughs> All right. For first, please define for me success. Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, success is finding a balance between being able to do what you need to do and what you want to do and not at the sacrifice, uh, not too deep of a sacrifice. Yeah. So, I mean, financial success is fantastic, and of course, a lot of people, you know, that's what we're all aiming for, sure. but um, it, it's not, that's not the only thing. Being happy is important, and, yeah. and, be, and having a balanced life and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, you can kill yourself to make a million dollars, but if you're dead, what's the point, you know? So, <laughs> so for me, success is, is, is being, finding that level of victory at, at a price sure. that, is, that, is, uh, that, is, that is acceptable, yeah. so. That's a good answer. I like that answer. Uh, question the second. Tell me a story about your greatest failure. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> like professional or personal? <laughs> this, it's your question. You can answer it however you like. Um, I mean, yeah. Pro I mean, probably I you know, married my college sweetheart, and that didn't work out. And, yeah. you know, and ended up uh, entering my 30s single again. And that, and that was... Something that was really, really important, and honestly, that that I mean, it tied into the fact that I kind of threw myself into my career and work and stuff like that, and you know, and so I kind of look back at you know ten, you know, when you're you know I'm I'm 36 now, and so like when you look at 10 years of your life, that's close to a third of my life that invested in something that didn't pan out, yeah. and that's a pretty big failure. So yeah. uh, at the show, we we talk a lot about failure on the show, right? We're we're firm believers, and you know, there there's for people like us, there's no true failure because uh, true failure is when you just stop. So um, I would argue that you probably absorbed a lot from this and it is now propelling your life in, uh, in probably a new and better direction. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, that, that's, that's the, that's, I always look at it. That that's, the one, that's the one bit of, fail, the, of that failure that worked out sure. is that if that change didn't occur, then I would never have invested the time in iFanboy that I did. Yeah, yeah. I would never have moved to San Francisco. Uh, I, I was in New York at the time. Um, I would never have built up my you know, personal company you know, with iFanboy and my partners to the level that it would. And if I didn't do that, I wouldn't be in this job at Image. So it set off a domino effect that had repercussions. Like, I'm, you know, I didn't end up destitute and, you know, and, sure, and that sure. sort of thing. But, um, but it totally, you know, but it, I, I agree. I think yeah. you learn from every failure and you move on. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, similarly, I would say on a professional side of things, I worked for seven years at our hotel company. And um, my main job was, you know, kind of marketing technology. And I ended up leaving because the corporate kind of structure was slow to move and they didn't really want to innovate. And it was 2006, 2007, and I had, was bringing to th things to them like social media and Twitter and things like that. And they laughed at me. And, yeah, yeah. and as opposed to fighting for it and trying to instill change, I just bailed. Yeah. And, you know, and so that's a little, you know, that was... A different kind of failure but also if I didn't bail I wouldn't have moved to San Francisco and, and everything right, right, has right, right. A, yeah, everything, yeah. Everything yeah, yeah 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 we like to say uh, success from failure yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely yep so uh, uh, question the third 
tell us what is your process? Um, my process is I want to, I'm a big fan of work breakdown structure. Um, when I sit down and say, okay, I need to do a project, I, I try to distill it into um, this, the key high-level steps that it takes to do something. And then from each of those, I break it down to the tasks that have to occur in there because you can have, like the, for example, we're sitting here in the Image Comics booth. It's a, you know, 20-foot high, you know, the structure, whatever. The logistics and stuff like that that have to happen to get here are immense. And if you say, okay, I need to, set, I need to handle the booth for Emerald City Comic Con, like that, it, it, you just get overwhelmed and you it's stop. It's not a step. And yeah, so, yeah. so, so then you break it down. Like, okay, well, I need to get the book shipped. Okay, so let me do that. And I need to get the the booth, the actual physical booth, set up. Okay, let me do that. And I need to coordinate the staff. Let me do that. And you just break each task down into the individual ones and understand the flow. That you know, in order to do C, I need to do B and A first. And so let me do them in that order. So A, B, C, and then you know. So um, that tends to be my my main process yeah. is you know break it down as much as you can. Um, uh, I took a lot of project management kind of. Uh, PMP certification class. I never got certified, but I took a lot of that stuff and I learned that mm -hmm. is that you can't, you know, you can't look at a huge thing and and th like that's a way to paralyze your your work. Yeah. So I try to break stuff down, get it done into manageable tasks, complete those, and just keep moving forward. So. That's the thing people forget, right? Like they'll make themselves a to-do list, yep. and it'll be like to-do. Uh, remodel the house. No, to do. Yeah, no. I mean, I, yeah. It's it's hysterical because I'm a big I'm a big uh, proponent of getting things done. Yeah, sure. And um and a friend of mine uh, in San Francisco, this guy uh, Merlin, um he's a big he's a, he speaks about getting things done stuff like that. And I remember seeing him speak once, and, he's, and his example was, you know, you could say, you know, I want to go on vacation to Paris, and you put that on your to do list, go to Paris. But you know, you got you got to book a flight, you got to book a hotel, right, you got right, you know right. you got to take off work. There are all these subtasks that have to happen in order to do that, and people tend to forget that. Sure. And so yeah, yeah, so I mean, breaking down those breaking down those things that have to be done are you know are the, are the key to doing yeah, it. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's your trick? What's my trick? Um, that's a good question. My trick is being able to turn off distractions. Um, I, on my computer, I've turned off all the notifications and pop-ups and things like that. Sure. Those things steal your attention. Um, if I could, I would turn off Instant Messenger just because that's like, hey, oh, yeah. here's an invitation to, oh, yeah. to make you stop what you're doing and talk to me. But, um, but I have to keep that on for business reasons. But um, uh, minimizing distractions and saying, okay, I need to do this and I can't do anything else until I do it. So that means closing Twitter, closing that browser, closing my email, getting the thing done and then opening it. I guess it's going to be there. Yeah, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, unfortunately, in the state of email and constant communication, you got to keep an eye on things. Yeah. Um, but uh, but being able to focus on a task, I think, is is a is that that's my trick. Simple, but it's yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's always the simple stuff that yeah. gets people. Yeah. Uh, give us one piece of advice. Don't use your inbox as a to-do list. <laughs> Amen. Uh, it kills me. It kills me. I I, I I talk to people, and also and also. Don't like in this state of Gmail and stuff like that. Please use labels, like yeah. and, and organize, organize, oh, yeah, organize your stuff, um, and archive things. I, I see people with inboxes where there are three thousand messages in there. How do you find anything? The search is great and that's fantastic, but and then on the inverse, people are like, "Well, I have to do that, so I'm going to leave that in my inbox." Like that is not a that's not a thing. You need to have a separate t task list, and you need to you know and and delegate and say, "Okay, I need to file this in my to do you know follow up." folder and, and, and move from there. That's my biggest uh, thing I tell people. So oh, That is a fantastic piece of advice. 
<laughs> I spent a lot of time on this stuff. I mean, it's funny. Yeah, I like yeah, that yeah. we're talking about this because the productivity stuff is, yeah, I'm such a nerd. I mean, like, I, that's the stuff that gets me excited, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much uh, for speaking with us. Those are the five easy questions, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You gotta <laughs> think of some harder ones, man. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, for answering our five, uh, I'm going to give you a chance now to send our listeners wherever you want to send them, plug whatever you want to plug. Awesome. Excellent. Uh, so first and foremost, go to imagecomics.com. Uh, we're the fine purveyors of comic books, such as The Walking Dead and Saga and East of West and other great stuff. Um, we're doing lots of I mean, we're nonstop trying to do as much great stuff as we can. Um, you can find me at uh, about.me slash ronxo. There are links to my Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that fun stuff. Um, on the side, I also host a uh, podcast about Android phones over at the Twit Network. <laughs> okay. So you can go to twit.tv slash AAA and see me talk about Android phones on a weekly basis. Nice. And yeah, and just then uh, try to decipher my vague tweets. And that's, that's, the, that's the fun t- <laughs> game I like to play with people. So. Thank you so much, Ron. It's Thank always a pleasure, it. man. Yeah, it was awesome. Thanks. Hi, Meredith McLaren. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Are you enjoying uh, the final day of Emerald City Comic Con? I am. I am lucid. This is good. (laughs) (laughs) You haven't lost it yet? Not yet. No. I still have to get on a plane. I have to keep it together. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Well, Meredith, for our listeners, uh, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, Yeah. I do a webcomic called Hinges, and I also do some work for Boom Studio, Adventure Time, the like, and I also do... A comic for Oni Press called Hopeless Savages, at least the fourth volume, and Dark Horse. So, yeah. That's fantastic. Welcome to Surviving Creativity. Nice to be here. <laughs> uh, we ask all of our creators five questions. Okay. And there are no right or wrong answers. You can answer them what, however you feel, whatever comes to your mind. All right. Are you ready? No. <laughs> the first question. You don't have to be ready. Uh, the first question. Please define for me success. Uh... Success for me, um, it's not being comfortable, I suppose, because that's not a good place to be, generally, in creativity. (laughs) Uh, It's, I guess, for me, it would be having the option to go off and travel places and do my work comfortably and not, I use that word, damn it, Um, (laughs) to to be able to travel and do my work simultaneously. Yeah, that's what I really want. That's a good answer. I like that answer. Yeah, thank you. Tell me about your greatest failure. My greatest failure? Oh, Christ. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm really forgetful about sure. things that don't go well. No. Like, that propels me forward. <laughs> well, listen, and we talk about this a lot, and I'm sure our listeners are, are tired of me saying this, but we really believe in success by failure, oh, right? Yeah. And that it, the reason we think this question is so hard for so many people in our field is, it's hard to identify a failure because we, those of us who are moving forward, tend to see failures as just stepping stones to the next thing. If that hadn't happened, this wouldn't happen. That kind of yeah, it's exactly that. Like, if I, say, do an exploratory print run or something to see how that does, and at the end I have to, like, give the prints away because nobody's, nobody's biting, then that's still a learning experience. You know, you, you work from that. Um... I really, nothing is springing to mind. Like, everything's pretty much worked out for me in one way or the other. Um, Can we come back to this question? (laughs) No, that, I think you gave a very acceptable answer. Okay, if if that works, I get a passing grade. Pass. Okay. It's a pass-fail course. All questions are passed, though. You don't have to do anything. Uh, Tell me about your process. Um, My process, 
Uh, it varies on everything. So with prints, it's what do I think will appeal? Like it's what it's really purely sales driven with prints and stuff. Um, with books, I'll usually have a story percolating for a couple of years. I won't go forward with anything until I know I have an ending for it or I feel like I have something meaningful to say at the end of it. Um, after that, if I've got a, a good way forward, I'll usually break it down into arcs, tackle each arc separately, not all at once, and then each each little chunk that I can break it down into, I just keep breaking it right, breaking it down until I can, you know, bite it. <laughs> until it's manageable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, pages. I usually, I'll usually do the. Um, I think it's called the Marvel format of scripting. It's I don't know that many people are doing it anymore, but it's basically a very brief descriptor of what happens on each page. And then the writer would leave it up to the artist when it was used at the big house. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think that's an appropriate name. for. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so... I won't figure out dialogue until I've actually finished the page. I'll know what needs to be said. Uh, from there, it's just uh, thumbnail, an entire chapter, pencils, inks, colors, and usually two to three page chunks. Cool. Yeah. Uh, tell us, what is your trick? Uh, cuteness sells. <laughs> <laughs> cuteness sells very well. Um, and then also, like I said earlier, breaking everything down into ma manageable chunks. That's pretty much all I do. Yeah. Give us one piece of advice. Um, if, it, if you're really struggling to make your timetables work for you, uh, and this is speaking on deadlines you give yourself, um, you know, don't fight it quite as much. It's, you're subconscious is trying to tell you something you need to get out and play you need to do other things you need to surf the web and look at cat videos for 15 minutes um break it down into like two hour chunks your day and what's going to go in each each two hours you know you're more efficient if you can if you've gotten it out of your system sure. first so yeah i like that that is both a, a good trick and a good piece of advice yeah exactly um if you if you know how you work too with this system, it makes it so much easier to ask for deadlines with editors and books that will not kill you. Because right. they want to know what works for you too. They don't want to be uh, chasing you down. Nice. Thank you so much for answering our questions. Thank you for being on the show. Was that all of them? Oh. That was it. That was all five questions. Awesome. Uh, I would uh, advise you though right now, since you answered our five questions, please send people wherever you want to send them, plug whatever you want to plug. Yes, that would be wise. Um, I, you can find me at Meredith McLaren, uh, M-E-R-E-D-I-T-H-M-C-C-L-A-R-E-N uh, dot Tumblr dot com. And then you can also find my webcomic Hinges at hingescomic.blogspot.com. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Graham McMillan. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to Surviving Creativity. Why, thank you very much. This is how quickly we get set up. And <laughs> that was very impressive. Here's his name. We're going. 
Well, you got to make it short and sweet, right? Because people are busy. It's Emerald City Comic Con. People have things to do. I'm going to answer really quickly then in short questions. No, <laughs> no you can take as much time as you want. Uh, Graham, very quickly, because uh, surviving creativity is all forms of creativity. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Uh, my name is Graham McMillan. I write for Time.com, Wired.com, and the Hollywood Reporter's Heat Vision blog. So I am a professional blogger and journalist. Do, and this is just my own personal curiosity, and this will come up in a future episode, and we, we should have you on as a guest, but I have noticed, uh, my previous field was marketing, I've noticed that uh, journalists are now content creators. Oh, yes. We, that's, that's our main job these days. The reporting is a small part of it. You are now churning out the content on a regular basis. We'll talk about that at, at length at another, at another date, but right now uh, I wanted to ask you the, the surviving creativity five questions. Okay, on you go. I'm, I'm nervous. <laughs> go. <laughs> Don't be nervous. No, there are no right or wrong answers. Take as, as much time or as little time as you need. Uh, there, there's, it's not about anything in particular. It's totally up to you how you answer. So uh, the first question is, please define for me success. Is doing what you want to do and being able to make a living at it. And that's the caveat is being able to make a living at it. Yes, because it's not finding yourself torn between having to do something that you do not enjoy doing or something that you feel that you're selling out or some sort of concept like that. The idea that you're able to make yourself happy and survive doing it. It's interesting that you added that because you're the first person I think that we've spoken to that has, has both said doing what you want to do and being able to make a living in doing it. I remember doing what I wanted to do and also having a job and the, <laughs> how, how, just quite how long I worked. So yeah, the two are very closely related for me. That's, I, it's an excellent answer. Thank you very much. All right, so for the second question, uh, please tell us a story about your greatest failure. My greatest failure? Oh, God. Uh, in what sense? I can think of journalistic failures. I can think of, oh, God, my greatest failure. Um, I was doing an interview with a comic creator once that the interview went very well. And then when I was writing it up for publication, oops, I just dropped some. When I was writing it up for uh, publication, I added a line that I thought was a harmless joke. And when it saw print, the creator did not think it was a harmless joke and thought that I was actually trying to poke fun at one of their friends. And relations went very poorly as a result from that. <laughs> so yeah, it, it was a, a failure both of my judgment and of me not necessarily checking with the other person as to whether they thought it was funny as well first. But you learned your lesson. Oh, I learned my lesson very quickly from that one. <laughs> <laughs> We're firm believers in the path to success is paved with failure. Oh, no, I, yeah. It, was, it taught me a lot, and it actually really changed how I did interviews for the better after that. What's your process? Uh, lots of panicking, lots of leaving things at the very last moment, <laughs> and then realizing the deadline and panicking some more and then sitting down and doing it. Uh, normally, lots of planning ahead of time, and then somewhere between letting inspiration strike and really realizing there's a deadline and having to get the work done. I could procrastinate forever. That's a fantastic answer. <laughs> uh, what's your trick? Um, lying to myself about when deadlines are. Really? Yeah. I, I'm really good at telling myself a deadline is at least two days earlier than it actually is. <laughs> so you turn in on time? Yeah, no, so I, I finish it early and then I have enough time to go back and read it and go, oh, that's actually terrible, but I know what to do. It's very, very common for me to finish something, realizing it's terrible, but knowing exactly how to fix it. So it's making sure I have time to do that. That is my favorite trick that I've heard so far. 
but thank you very much. It's, again, <laughs> learned of many, many, many mistakes in doing things badly and going, if only I had time to wait, I could have time to do that over. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, so last one, uh, one piece of advice. Know what you want to do and don't be pushed into doing something that someone else wants you to do and you think it's okay and it doesn't make a difference. That's good advice. Thanks very much. Again, terrible mistakes I've made. <laughs> Learn from them, my friends. Uh, because you answered our questions, I'm going to give you a moment to, to plug whatever you want to plug, send people wherever you want to send them. Uh, I am going to send people to wired.com's underwire section, which is wired.com forward slash underwire, uh, which is where I do longer form stuff, uh, normally twice a week. Laura Hudson does some stuff there, Rachel Edelman does some stuff there as well. And also to Heat Vision, and, uh, which is the Hollywood Reporter blog, which is the, uh, excuse me, uh, hollywoodreporter.com forward slash Heat Vision. Thank you so much, Graham, for doing this. Thank you. <laughs> Kel McDonald, how's it going? Good. How's it going with you? I'm doing very well. You enjoying Emerald City? Yes, I am. Thank you so much for joining us. Please uh, tell our creators uh, listening to the podcast a little bit about yourself. Uh, I do a webcomic called Sorcery 101 that you can find at kelmcdonald.com. And then I just started work on a book for Dark Horse called Misfits of Avalon. Fantastic. Uh, all of the people we have on our show get asked five questions. I would like to ask you those five questions. Is that all right? All right. Okay. Question the first. Please define for me success. Oh, for me, it's paying my rent and being able to draw comics all day. <laughs> I think that, that's a yeah. perfectly acceptable answer. Yeah. Uh, tell me, uh, please, about your greatest failure. I feel like I really messed up printing one of my books once, and now I have like a thousand copies of this like book I'm not very proud of. <laughs> not because like the part that I went in. It, like the creative part went wrong it was more like the production part I didn't really know what I was doing all that well and yeah. the printer said hey this is wrong and we'll fix it for you and I was like okay fix it and then when they sent it back it's like oh by fix it you mean to make it look like trash <laughs> but awesome learning experience I'm assuming yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And never going to have that problem again hopefully <laughs> uh, tell us about your process uh, well, I usually script really, really far in advance, and then um, when and then I thumbnail the whole book at once, and that's kind of stick figure theater. Yeah. And uh, then I pencil it digitally in Manga Studio, print out my pencils, ink traditionally, and then bring it back into Photoshop to color. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and you're only using Manga Studio. Or you use Photoshop as well. Uh, Photoshop's for color. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what is your trick? My trick? I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm fast. I don't know. That's a good trick. You, so you just move quickly? Yeah, I'm pretty good at uh, drawing really quickly. Sure. So. Give us one piece of advice. Uh, before you approach a story, I would say that you should really think about what you're trying to achieve with that story and what the goal is, because that always helps me like figure out what direction I'm going to go in. Like, just deciding, all right, this story is to work on character dialogue or to work on action scenes or something like that. So, like, actually pick what what you as an artist are doing and what. This, what you're trying to do or say with the story and then go from there. 
Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, that's really good advice. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so for answering our five questions, please plug whatever you want to plug. Send our listeners wherever you want to send them. So Sorcery 101 is at KelmicDawn.com and it's about an inept sorcerer learning magic from an angsty vampire. Also on the site is Misfits of Avalon, which is about magical girls who are jerks. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Kel. Yep. No problem. Hi, Tyler. Hello, Corey. Tyler Crook, uh, thank you for coming on to Surviving Creativity. Uh, I hope you're enjoying Emerald City Comic Con. Yes, I'm having a delightful time. Thank you. Tell us, uh, tell us and our listeners a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, my name is Tyler G. Crook. I'm an artist. I do, uh, I've been working on BPRD for a number of years. I did a book called uh, Petrograd from Oni Press. And right now I'm working on a book called Witchfinder, which is a Mignolaverse book from Dark Horse. Fantastic. Uh, we have five questions that we like to ask all of our uh, creators on the show. And, uh, and we think it does an excellent job of summing up your psyche and <laughs> telling us that you will be summed by the end of this. No problem. Uh, but there are no right or wrong answers. Please answer them however you feel, whatever comes to mind. Okay. All right. Question the first. Uh, please define for me uh, success. Okay. I think there might be two kinds of success. The success of setting a goal and accomplishing that goal and that's sort of a simple definition of success that you can accomplish easily as you go along. But then there's sort of a larger level of success of being um, happy or satisfied or contented um, with your life as it is at this very moment. So I think a, a successful person will uh, find a way to be comfortable where they're at while trying to accomplish the other kind of success. I like that answer. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I'm going to add maybe at the end of every answer. That'll. <laughs> okay. Uh, please tell me a story about your greatest failure. Ooh. I got a couple of them. I think my greatest failure is uh, I started a video game company with a bunch of friends of mine a couple years ago. Um, and I did it for three years. And then I ran out of money. I ended up declaring bankruptcy and um, all sorts of crazy stuff uh, getting out of that. Um, and then the rest of my friends went on to make the business successful. <laughs> <laughs> well, really, then that was success for them. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And in a lot of ways, it was a su success for me because I learned a lot that I needed and I came away um, ready to do a lot of other things that I wouldn't have been ready to do without, without that failure. It's important to note that at this moment, all of our listeners are going, God damn it, Corey, please don't give us the whole road to success paved with failure. But that is actually a perfect example of what you just said, is that, that from these things, we, we gain what we need to, to be successful. Yeah. Like, I, this is a terrible example, but I think of uh, Donald Trump a lot. Like, when you think of Donald Trump, you think <laughs> of, a, of a rich asshole. Right. And he's declared bankruptcy four times. Well, there you so go. He's like financially, as a rich asshole, he's failed at that four times. He's before finally nailing it. <laughs> before finally figuring out how to be the perfect rich asshole, yeah. it took four, four other tries. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tell us, what is your process? Um, 
Do you, do you want to specify that anymore? You're gonna leave it like that, huh? Totally open-ended. It's <laughs> it could be how you make a salad. It's totally up to you. Okay. My process is. If I were going to take a macro view, I would say my process is to try to look at whatever I'm working on as wide as I possibly can and as unfocused as I possibly can so I can see the sort of edges of a thing and then um, slowly work my way to higher definition version of that same thing. Sort of like when I do comics, as a great example, where I start off with loose thumbnails on the whole thing. And then I light box those onto my pages and I do loose pencils on those and then I do tighter pencils and then I do inks and it's sort of a, a whole process of getting, building upon the previous stages to do the next stage. Like nothing is a throwaway stage. Like the pencils will get erased, but that's not a throwaway stage. That's a, an increase in the resolution from the, from the layouts. That's really interesting. It, almost like you start at 50,000 feet and then it just slowly comes into focus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> uh, what is your trick? I don't, I think the trick is reminding myself that there's no tricks. That um, the, thing, the thing that you want to accomplish is almost always incredibly simple in, uh, well, at least it's not complex, it just is work. And so the tr trick is to know that there's no secret trick to get around the work, which is, I think, what a lot of people are looking for. Like, I've done some portfolio reviews for people, and they show me their stuff, and they want to know how to get into the comic book industry uh, without having to make a comic book first. And, and they dance around it and they won't say that, but that's really what it comes down to, where it's like they want someone to be like, write them a check so that they can stop doing it and just do a comic book. You know what I mean? Stop doing what, all this other stuff that's keeping them from doing it and, and just draw a comic. So the trick is that there's no trick. You just have to do it. I like, I, as, as I've said to many of our people, I think that's my favorite answer. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. Oh, I forgot to add maybe. Maybe. Maybe that's the trick. Yeah, maybe. Give us one piece of advice. Uh, find a way to enjoy the process of whatever it is you're doing. If you're, uh, like I think if you're always looking for wanting to get the page done or the story written or the movie made and that's your focus, then you're probably not gonna get those things made as easily as you could. But if you enjoy the process of making a movie or you enjoy the process of sitting behind your desk writing a novel, if you like the creating rather than the created, I think that's, that's the focus. You should focus on the, the process. Focus on the process, I like that. Well, thanks, I mean, maybe. <laughs> Tyler, thank you so much for, for answering our five questions. What would you like to uh, plug or where would you like to send people? Um, maybe check out my website, uh, mrcrook.com, and uh, follow me on Twitter, uh, Mr. Tyler Crook, at Mr. Tyler Crook. Maybe. Well, maybe. Maybe. Thank you, Mr. Crook. It's my been very mic. nice to speak with you today. Does the mic pick up the handshake? I don't know. Here, let's see if we can make the mic pick up the handshake. That, I think we got that. I think that <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That's going to sound awesome. Have a good show, man. You too. Uh, Emerald City Comic Con 2014. I am here with Frank 
Gibson. <laughs> See how I pronounced that so well. There you go. Uh, you got great. Frank, thank you so much for coming on Surviving Creativity. Oh, thanks for having me, man. Uh, first, tell our audience a little bit about yourself and what you do. Um, I am a comic book writer. I've been writing uh, comics, mostly online comics, for uh, six or seven years now. Uh, I most know them for uh, Tiny Kitten Teeth and Tiger Butter, but most recently uh, Capture Creatures, uh, which I wrote with my partner Becky. And that's a 151 creature project, kind of like Pokemon, where we just spent time coming up with our own stuff. And now I write The Amazing World of Gumball for Boom. Uh, I work on being Puppycat as a writer. So yeah, I, I have fingers in many pies or pots or places. You're a multi-pied man. Uh, so for Surviving Creativity, we have creative types like yourself on, and we ask five questions. And from these five questions, we're able to map your psyche. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> I, I didn't agree to this. <laughs> <laughs> that's not 100% that's not true. Uh, we, we sort of believe that with these five questions, we will understand how you survive uh, your own creativity. Okay. Uh, I don't know any of these questions in advance, so I'm actually kind of a, l a little scared now. So let's look. Uh, this is kind of what's great about Emerald City is that uh, most people have not heard these questions yet. Now, obviously, uh, as the show goes on and uh, as more episodes are posted of the yeah. show, as creators come on, they'll know the questions in advance and they'll think of really interesting stuff. So for now, we're trying to hit everybody that we can <laughs> before they get a chance to think about it. That's great. It's like, I, I figure it's going to be like one of those job interview situations where you're like, oh, what are your, uh, what are your weaknesses? It's like, oh yeah, I work too hard, right? <laughs> like, like, yeah. We, we've intentionally avoided all of those terrible questions. <laughs> okay, good, good. That's wonderful. Right. The first question is probably the hardest. Are you ready? Okay. All right, question the first. Uh, please define for me success. Uh, success for me is I get to live in a house uh, with my lovely partner, and I get to pay my bills, and I'm not afraid. <laughs> that's a great definition of success. Yeah, it's uh, that's all I've ever wanted was just like to do this stuff and not be scared. And sometimes I'm still scared, so I feel unsuccessful. But other times I'm not scared, and that's when the success comes in. That leads me right into our uh, second second question. Question the second. Uh, tell me a story about your greatest failure. Oh man, Dude, we we've got some we got some time for this one, right? Um, <laughs> as long as you need. Well, I'm just like ranking my failures like in my mind right now. Um, so I have this thing where I okay, so I've done other web comics and they were bad, and I stopped them. Uh, I've had been on creative teams where uh, artists disappear, like just boop in the air, and we have a comic we've committed for like six months, and it's just gone and it's dropped. Um, for me, the failures that I find are all the things that I want to do and I can't. Like, there's a video game I want. There's actually a couple of video games I want to do that I started to like get production stuff together for, but I don't know anything about it, and I'm reliant on like a lot of other people, and they fall by the wayside. And like I tell people, like people come up to us at the booth and they're just like, "Oh, I really like this book," and I'm just like, "Yeah, I'm working on a sequel. I've been saying that for four years." And it's uh, these these are my day to day failures, and they kind of like begin to stack up. Like I have a whiteboard with all my projects on it, and some of those projects aren't going away, even though they're finite things. Uh, yeah, so I fail regularly, uh, but I haven't had like a haven't had a big big one, like in my life in general. Yeah, like dropping out of my masters that was a big failure. <laughs> <laughs> but here's and here's something that we really focus on in this show is that uh, we're firm believers in that the. The road to success is sort of paved with failure, and that from every, uh, we ourselves have trouble answering this question because people like us don't really see 
failure in that way. It's, a failure is just a learning experience to get to the yeah. thing that is our success. And it's just like, when you're working on a project and it doesn't do that well, you actually have a couple of options with it. Like for me, it's like when we started out comic, we had no traction whatsoever. And the learning experiences are kind of like, they're fairly organic. So it's like, you may not take away a whole lot at the time, but you can analyze it for a while, but it's good to get like a little bit of distance from it and just like let it inform the rest of your decisions. I've signed some crappy contracts too. That's actually, I'd forgotten about that. I signed some really, I signed <laughs> we talked bad. all about that a couple episodes ago. Yeah. Oh, I signed some bad contracts. I've been offered some bad contracts. I've been offered good contracts too that I haven't signed uh, because I didn't know any better. It's, yeah, I'm glad I have an agent now <laughs> because I didn't know what I was doing. It was, yeah, it was a rough time. Uh, question the third. What is your process? My process is really difficult because I am one of the people who wants to write with like form and the kind of process that other writers go through. Because I see other writers, and I, I look up to a lot of writers, I kind of have the imposter syndrome thing where I'm just like, oh my god, I have no idea what I'm doing. I just tricked someone into hiring me for this project kind of deal. And I try and break things down the way other writers do. And it doesn't work a lot of the time. Uh, for me, I write best when I'm happy. Uh, if I'm stressed out about work stuff and like, as a person who's like self-employed and I do a lot of like uh, projects myself, that stress can bleed over into the work. I find that very difficult. But I go to a cafe, brainstorm out stuff. It's near my house. Walk down there, crank some stuff out. Come back to the house. Second draft, third draft, and then done. I do not go back. I don't look at it again. I submitted a script that I didn't even reread on Thursday because I was like, it had to go. It had to go. I wasn't happy, but it had to go. And I know that in like a few months, number one, either I won't care or I'll be disappointed in it. But most of the time, I don't care. Usually it's fine. People say they like it. And if they don't, well, then chalk it up to, uh, you know, experience. It's one of those failure experiences. Yeah. And like, it doesn't, and like a failure doesn't have to just be like a, like a complete like explosion or anything like that. It can be small like that. I wrote an ending to a story and I was like, that's kind of abrupt and I'm not entirely happy with it. But you know, it had to be done and I'm glad I made it because the alternative was it didn't get finished. Right. I missed my deadline. I'm disappointed a lot of people and maybe sometimes it's a little bit better to disappoint yourself. Like just a little bit, kind of like even things out. I like that. As a creator, it, it's maybe it's better to disappoint yourself than to disappoint an audience or a reader or a fan. Yeah, and the thing is, like we all go through these processes where we look at our work and we're just like, maybe it isn't that good. Maybe I've done this wrong. And perhaps you have. But at the same time, I'm sure like once you're going like enrolling with this stuff, once you produce a few things that you really like and other people really like, it'll be fine. It'll all be fine. People shouldn't worry so much because I know I did and sometimes I still do. But yeah, these days I'm kind of taking it pretty easy. <laughs> uh, what is your trick? My trick? Man. I don't know, working with an incredibly talented artist like Becky, <laughs> Becky Drystadt, that's my trick. It's just like, hey, the script isn't very good. Let's just take some art and elevate it. <laughs> like, Oh, and that that is the grand trick of comic writing. And there are some comic writers who like disagree with me wholeheartedly. I write loose scripts. I work with excellent people. And I let them do whatever they want with it. I let them go nuts with it. Because, like, yeah, sometimes I have a vision for something. Sure. But... When you're collaborating with someone else, let them do the work too. Like let them work this out because a lot of comic artists, especially, they're writers as well. They're people who are like, I can only do half the job. 
my job is not even necessary when it comes down to it. They can do it themselves. So it's just like, let them do it. And people get so much more out of it. Everyone's happier. And yeah, maybe it doesn't look the way it did in my head, but if I wanted to look the way it did in my head, then I would have made it myself. Do you find that it works with comics as well as animations? Do you think that everything should be a more collaborative process? Uh, yeah, like I understand some people have like a solitary vision, and like you have like a Jeff Smith who goes out and he like, well, when it was black and white, it was just him. Every aspect was him, and that's amazing and perfect. But that's not for everybody, and it's often not for people who want to be incredibly prolific. Like I want to produce a lot of work. So there's some projects that are very close to my heart and Becky and I worked very closely together on it. We go back and forth. But like, for example, on Gumball, which I just started, it's just like, I do a script, I hand it to Tyson. Tyson adds jokes. Tyson stages it all. He breaks it down into panels because he didn't want me to panel it out. And I'm doing less work with a better final product. And that's all you can see. And like, that's, that's all that matters. If it's like, man, my joke didn't get in there. Who cares? Like working in animation especially, your stuff is not going in there. It's like they take your joke and they turn it into their own joke. And you, you're you just, you're a brick. You're a foundation that other people build upon. And if you're comfortable with that, I feel like that's probably the easiest way to get success in this. Rather than like, I know people who are just like, man, they changed this, they changed that, and they fight it, they fight it all the way. And like, I understand if they're making something worse, but there's a difference between like something being worse and something not being yours. Right, well, and worse is subjective, exactly. wholly subjective. Oh yeah, completely. And like a lot of creators, it's like, man, they really ruined my joke there. And maybe that joke was ruined, but there's so many other things you can take away from it rather than it's just like, it's just not my way. Yeah. Because whenever you work with anyone else, especially animation, because there are like sometimes hundreds of people involved in the production, people you'll never even meet. And it's just like, let them do their job. That's what, that's what I do, that's my trick. It's just like, yeah, like I'll go this far, you guys take the rest of the way, and I kind of kick back and just let it happen. Like. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, last question. Yeah. One piece of advice. Uh, it's, it's so lame, though. It's uh, persistence. Persistence. Uh, I talked about this a little bit earlier. It's just like the only reason I have been able to do anything is I'm too dumb to quit most of the time. Yeah. It's just like I just keep on going, keep on going. I've, like, I've got projects that I do just because I want to do them, and they don't necessarily earn me that much money. And it's just like I just keep on going, keep on going. I moved to L.A. on a whim because I wanted to get involved with cartoons and make more comics and meet more people. I just did it. I was, yeah, just keep on going. Like, if you never stop, then, you know, you can't say you failed. <laughs> I love that. Don't stop, don't fail. Yeah, yeah, the project never ends, right? Yeah. yeah, so I'm just like, guys, keep on going. And I have, like, a lot of friends who are, like, trying to break into art, and they're brilliant artists, but they might be a little bit too particular, and they might take a little bit too long. Certain people can get away with that, but for the most part, it's just you need to be putting your work out there all the time. And if people don't like it, do something else and keep on going and keep on going. And I kept on going. Hey, I might not be great at whatever I do. Like, that's up to other people to decide. But it's just like, yeah, I just kept on going. And I keep on going. I keep on getting new projects. <laughs> that's fantastic advice. Thank you so much, Frank. And uh, for answering our five questions, I'm going to give you an opportunity to plug whatever you want to plug and send uh, listeners wherever you want to send them. Oh, yeah. Well, like at the moment, we're uh, just polishing off Capture Creatures. Uh, we just released a 300-page hardcover of it yeah. through... Uh, the uh, art book publisher that we co-own, uh, Benign Kingdom, uh, that's out now with Topatico. And we're doing Tiny Kitten Teeth. That's a webcomic we've been working on for four years. We don't update that much lately. And yeah, watch Being Puppycat when it comes out, the new episodes. <laughs> That'll be really cool. Uh, you got a URL you want to send people to? Uh, yeah, let's go with beckyandfrank.com. Beckyandfrank.com. Thank you so much, Frank. Thank you, Corey. Hi, Danielle Corsetto. Oh, hi.
Hi. <laughs> How's it going? All right. Uh, welcome to Surviving Creativity. Thanks. I'm, I hope I remember the podcast name so I can go check it out <laughs> later. Uh, you will. I'll send you, I'll send you links and stuff. Cool. Good. Uh, for our audience uh, that may not know who you are, why don't you tell us uh, who you are and a little bit about what you do? All right. I'm Danielle Corsetto. I do Girls with Slingshots. I've been doing it for almost 10 years. Uh, this October is going to be the 10-year anniversary. Yay. And uh, I also occasionally write um, Adventure Time comics, and there are a few other things I did that I don't remember. I have a terrible memory. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Here we are at Emerald City Comic Con. Now, on Surviving Creativity, uh, you haven't listened to the show, so you don't know this yet, but every creator that we... <laughs> show, right? <laughs> I'm going to ask you lots of dating questions. Uh, every creator gets asked five questions. And we use these five questions to map your psyche, and then we clone you on the internet. <laughs> That's what I, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to ask you our, our five questions. The, there's no right or wrong answer. Whatever comes into your head, it, it can be about whatever you're thinking about. It's no big deal, okay? Okay. You're very concerned, aren't you? <laughs> stream of consciousness. This is never a good idea with me. <laughs> it's not as stream of consciousness as you think. So uh, the first question is, uh, define for me success. Oh, um... That's actually a great question. Uh, I think it's, um, oh, I'm a little hippie about it. I think it's anything that makes you personally happy. So, you know. That's less hippie than you think because a lot of people have said that. All right. <laughs> no, it's just that everybody's a hippie like me. That makes me happy. Uh, so whatever makes you happy. So second question then is, please tell us a story about your greatest failure. <laughs> in life or in business? What's up to you? <laughs> oh, God. Um, hmm, I wasn't prepared for failure questions. Uh, you know, I'm just going to go for in business because that's a little less personal. <laughs> <laughs> um, and actually, I, I just almost um, mimicked this today. Uh, a long time ago, um, so I started Girls with Slingshots in 2004, and um, I was doing it uh, mostly just for fun. Um, and then in around 2007, I started really considering, you know, maybe I could make this into a, a full-time thing. And uh, part of the reason is actually Scott Kurtz. I'm watching him. I was like, man, he's, he's so good. And maybe eventually I could get to that point, but I don't going to get my hopes up. Then I got to the point where I was like, maybe I could do this. Not at his level, but at least a little bit. You know, I barely live on anything. Um, and I decided to just have people, I was very transparent and said I need about this much. It was like less than $1,000 a month to live off of. Um, I live in West Virginia. And I was sharing an apartment with a friend of mine. And um, I was like, I just need this much per month to live off of. If you guys can donate that much um, every every month, then I will start doing the strip five times a week. And I will dedicate all of my time to it. I'll no longer, you know, occasionally take a week off. I do occasionally do that. But I did it a lot more back then. Um, and so I did actually exactly what a lot of people who do Kickstarters now do. Um, which is, are you allowed to curse on this? Or Absolutely. Just totally fuck up and decide that uh, <laughs> you can just give them tons, give these readers tons and tons of incentives that are like really time consuming. Um, and that'll help, help bring a lot of money in. And it did. And I actually like, you know, made the amount that I needed like for two months instantly. And um, it took me, like it just, it occurred to me the next day that there's no way I could possibly fulfill any of this stuff like maybe a couple of the things like a few drawings or whatever but I like promised um, 
I don't know, like everybody who donated more than $20, because to me that was a lot of money, um, would be put into this drawing and then I'd draw out your names and uh, you get one of these things. Luckily, at least it was drawings so right, that like right, right. maybe everybody just thought that they didn't get pulled for anything. I don't know. But I never fulfilled anything for them. I felt terrible. Um, and I know most people, when I've confronted them about this, they've been like, you know, we just wanted to get you to start doing it for full time. It's not that big of a deal. Um, but I still feel like a failure. My, my mimicking of this today was that I, after doing maybe 12 years of conventions, um, I stopped doing commissions years ago, like full on sitting down and doing a nice commission for a person, um, because I knew that I just could not finish them in a convention. For some reason, at Emerald City Comic Con, which is one of my largest uh, shows of the year, I decided to just open up commissions again. And so I've slowly been refunding money to people all day <laughs> because I'm still on the first one and I don't even know if that's going to get finished. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, on the show, we're big proponents of um, success is, is the road to success is paved with failure. So you've learned the things. <laughs> You've learned what you need to know uh, to be successful. Yeah, you think I would have learned the first time. But <laughs> you know what? I guess I needed like, you know, what, 2007 to uh, so seven years to uh, try it out again and then fail immediately. <laughs> the good thing is I got everybody to give me their contact information so I could be like, hey, <laughs> come over and get your money because <laughs> you're not getting anything for it. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, so tell us, what is your process? My process for... oh. <laughs> Waking up in the morning, a uh, pot of tea. <laughs> it's, it's totally up to you. It's your question. All right. I'm going to go with business since it does have to do with, well, you said creativity. See, I remember the podcast name, Surviving Creativity. Um, my, I'll go with uh, just every day. Um, so it does start with a pot of tea. Actually, I give myself a good, uh, I have a reverse um, uh, productivity kind of schedule than most people. Um, I like mornings. I like the concept of mornings. I'm not usually awake for them that much. Um, I've been trying to wake up at around like eight in the morning. Uh, I've been doing yoga in the morning now. Um, but like, I like to stretch out the entirety of uh, whatever time I wake up until noon and just relax during that time. I know most people rush to get out the door and then uh, go to work and come back and relax for a couple of hours you know, afterwards. Um, I like to just and like ensure that I'm going to have some relaxation time or else I won't at all. Um, so I don't start working until 12 pretty much every day. I just allow myself to like take an hour to get out of bed, um, you know, really relax, take an entire uh, pot of tea, um, like a six or not six cup, a three cup uh, pot of tea and uh, do yoga and everything. Um, around 12 o'clock is when I start tackling all the emails and everything because of course, you know, for a web cartoonist, most oh, yeah. of us are doing that instead of doing the creative business. Um, if I'm feeling creative and I do try to go very organically with like how I'm feeling, um, I'll go ahead and script over, um, over a pot of tea. Uh, so I'll just, it's not more tea, it's just the same pot of tea, don't worry. I don't like over-caffeinate myself, um, but I'll, uh, I'll kind of go organically with how I'm feeling. Um, if I feel like doing business stuff, I'll do that. I kind of give myself like a to-do list and then I'll put the time periods that I feel like I should do them uh, as they come to me. Like, oh, you know what, I think around three o'clock I'm going to feel like I can start working on this. Um, and then, you know, eventually, <laughs> eventually it becomes 8 p.m. and I haven't started anything and I'll uh, finally start working on the actual script. Um, you know, I do five times a week, so um, so it's pretty much every night that I'll uh, start putting the strip together at uh, around eight. I'll fuck around on the internet too much. Um, now these days, I'm, I'm putting a lot more work into the strips. Um, I didn't realize what was taking so much longer, but I really am just um, editing a lot more. I'm taking more time on the artwork. I'm taking more time on the research, the coloring. Um, so I start around eight p.m. Uh, you know, do the, the inking, lettering, everything like that. Fuck around even more. Eventually get done by around 2 in the morning and then uh, post the comic and go to bed and wake up at 8 in the morning the next morning. 
That's my process. And do it again. And do it all over again. <laughs> and then on weekends, something something else weird will happen, or I'll do to go to a convention or whatever. Um, I do have colorists do colorists twice a week, and so she usually does Thursday and Friday strips because I can't get my shit together earlier than that. Um, and on those days, I'll focus more on you know like I'm doing this long cross country tour over the summer, um, focusing on that, working on that. I have an apprentice who comes in um, every week, and it's usually Thursday. Uh, now that I'm like trying to figure that schedule out. Um, and she'll sit down and, and do inventory for me while I'm trying to plan out what I'm going to do with her. And we'll sit down and like work out whatever I'm working on right now. Right now it's going to be the, the tour for the next couple of months. And we'll draw together or else you try to draw a little bit. It's cool. That sounds really nice. Yeah. Actually, that sounds like a really nice like day. You've got it figured out. Yeah, I really do. It's been, what, like 12 years or something? <laughs> 10 years? It's taken me forever, but I do kind of have a process now. Okay. Uh, the next question is, what is your trick? Oh, jeez. So these are all open-ended. Yeah. I didn't realize I'd have to do the work on this one. All right. Um, what's my trick? What is my trick? Um, I, I mean, to go along with all that, um, uh, going with, this is going to sound so, I want to make sure everything sounds as hippie as possible. Um, <laughs> going with your body, just kind of like going with your brain and your body and um, asking yourself what you're, what you're in the mood for. I think we really try to force ourselves to, um, <clears throat> to work when we're not ready to. Um, and uh, we're not going to do our best work when we do that, I feel. And we're also not going to be happy. And once again, going back to the first question, success to me is happiness. Um, so as much as I love being able to get the comic strip out every day, and that feels like success as well, well that has to the happiness, um, the process getting there, I want that to be as, as just natural and organic as possible. Um, and just kind of listening to myself and, and not forcing myself to uh, work when I shouldn't be. Give us one piece of advice. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> don't tell people you're going to do things when you can't do them. <laughs> That's an excellent piece of advice. And also don't feel afraid about saying sorry yeah. to everyone that you fuck over. You know, I think uh, saying no and saying sorry, or as the Canadians say, sorry, are like, I think those are big. I think the, that in and of itself is, there are two great pieces of advice. Like, don't be afraid to say no and don't be afraid to say, I'm sorry. Like, with, unequivocally. It almost feels good to say no now. I've actually started, um, like, over the past few years, I, I stopped taking any jobs <clears throat> that I did not want to take, which is why I wrote an Adventure Time book. Actually, every time Boom contacts me, uh, they're like, oh, hey, do you want to do it? And I'm like, oh, God, I can't do anything. They're like, oh, but this awesome thing. I'll be like, okay, I can push everything aside and, like, not sleep for a week. I have to do that. Yeah. So now I get all the really cool jobs I want to do because I say no to all the jobs that I know I'm not going to put my heart into. It's a great piece of advice. Thanks. Well, uh, because you were so kind and answered our five questions, I'm going to give you the opportunity to um, plug whatever you want and send our listeners wherever you want to send them. If I hadn't, then you'd be like, all right, later, fuck off. <laughs> um, well, girlswithslingshots.com is where you can find the website. Sure. It's um, updated five times a week. It's free. And uh, there are about 1,800 strips up there right now. Uh, so the archive's a little bit heavy, but there is a... Uh, uh, find the uh, or go through the the story according to the books and the story archives um, and the archive section. Uh, and uh, my next Adventure Time book should come out, I think, in, in fall. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Corey. Greg Rucka. Sorry, <laughs> Greg, how you doing? I'm all right. How about you, man? Not bad at all. Last day of Emerald City. How's it treating you? It's been good and exhausting. I fully understand. <laughs> Uh, what do you say? It's been a show. It's been a really big show. Well, that's a good thing. Uh, real quick for our listeners, please uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I'm a writer. 
Uh, I write novels, uh, books like Alpha and uh, the upcoming Bravo, which will be released by Mulholland Press this July. And I do lots and lots of comic books. Uh, I uh, write Lazarus for Image. I uh, do a webcomic with Rick Burchett and Eric Newsom called Lady Saber and the Pirates of the Ineffable Ether that has now entered its fulfillment phase after a very successful Kickstarter. Um, I'm going to be writing Cyclops for Marvel. I write Stumptown for Oni Press. I'm doing a book called Veil for Dark Horse. You're I, a very busy gentleman. Yeah, I, I write. That's, that's what I do. I write. That's excellent. And I then, never, ever stop. I'm the terminator of writing. Then you're on the right show. Uh, <laughs> really? You do a show about terminators? It's what we do. Cool. Uh, we do a show about anything creative, and terminators are creative. Well, this is creative. This is creative. I, I, I am a creator. So, yes, I suppose I qualify. <laughs> excellent. Uh, so we ask creators who come on the show five questions. Five? All right. Five. Five. Uh, and then we use these questions to uh, map, map your psyche and yeah. blackmail you later. <laughs> okay. Uh, there are well, no right or wrong answers. Uh, first question for you is, please define for me success. Oh, success is being able to make a living doing what gives you joy. That's an excellent answer. That is, that is, that is to me, the definition of success. If you, if you can survive doing what you love, then you know, everything else is gravy. I think it's interesting you said survive doing what you love. Yeah, I'm not sure that, look, you know, find me somebody who doesn't want to be wealthy, you know. I mean, my, my dad, my dad w would say, uh, how would he say, you know, he says the most precious commodity is time. And with money, you can buy some time. Um, and, and there's a truth to that, you know. I mean, look, I want to do good work, uh, and I want to share that work. I need to be able to do it at a level that will allow me to continue doing it and provide for myself and my family. Absolutely. If I can provide for themselves in a very nice way, so much the better. But at the root, you know, everybody needs to be healthy, everybody needs to be fed, everybody needs shoes. Uh, beyond that, it's, it's a win, man, you know? No, I like that. Uh, tell me about your greatest failure. My greatest failure. That is harder. Um, there are so many to choose from. Um, I have made some very poor business decisions in my career. I think one of the biggest... I'll tell you what I think my biggest failure is. Um, I, I, I believed a lot of people when they told me they were friends. Um, there is a truism, everybody's heard it, that it's not personal, it's business. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, can I swear? Yeah. It's utter bullshit. Yeah. Um, there's no such thing as just business. Everything is personal. Sure. Um, people who hide behind the it's just business are people who are hiding behind a moral failing, in my opinion. I'd much rather be, like I said, I'd much rather break even and like who I am when I right, look right, in the right, mirror right. Yeah, yeah. than be wealthy and not. Yeah. Um, there are some people who are wired in such a way that they think that the latter doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they don't care or they don't see it. You know, uh, you know, use another hoary chestnut. You, know, you climb on people's backs to get to the top, they're going to remember it when you're falling. Sure. Um, and I have more than once in my career trusted people when I shouldn't have and, uh, and expected them to, to treat me with the same courtesy that I treated them. Mm -hmm. Now, having said that, would I not do that? The question, no. I mean, 
like I said, I'd much rather like who I am. Yeah. Well, and, and we talk about this a lot on the show. We're firm believers in the path to success is paved in failure. And from our failures, we learn things. And, and clearly, from your business experience, you've learned how to trust and not to trust, but yeah, to but, always trust. But look, I mean, look, I absolutely agree. We, we, we learn more in our failures than we do in our successes. Sure. Um, I, I, you know, this is why the failures are too many to count. <laughs> you know, I can list stories that didn't work. I can list, you know, business decisions that were foolish. I can, I can give you a long list. Yeah. But, I mean, I... Yeah, it's funny. I don't tend to think of myself as a terribly optimistic person, but I don't really dwell on these things. You know, you know what's interesting is that almost everyone we speak with, that's the this is the question that just f's them up. Yeah, because they go, well, fuck, it's not a failure because because of that, this happened and this yeah. happened and this happened and this happened. So therefore, this is not an end game, right? Yeah, no, and and it's a learning process, and you gotta. You have to move forward. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, you stop, and and you can't stop. And especially in a creative endeavor, you know, uh, arts are arts are one of the few things that we do where the next thing we do needs to be better than the last thing we did. Right. Um, and it's not to diminish or disparage, you know, professions like accountancy or 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 law or or hard rules methodologies right. but you know if as speaking as a writer if the thing I write tomorrow isn't in some way an attempt to be better than the thing I wrote yesterday then I am failing sure um, I'm not always going to be successful in in reaching higher yeah. but I have to try otherwise it's stagnation I think the worst thing that can happen to a creative person is that they believe they're they're pressed they believe that they're done they've hit the ceiling yeah, and there's nothing they've mastered it and, and that, that's the death knell man yeah, yeah, yeah. you're done yeah. uh, and, and you're done not in a good way if that sure. happens so uh, question the third yeah what is your process that's uh, that's also not easy I mean <laughs> you know what, what process is process is one of those precious really vague words sure. what is my process it depends on the project. It depends on the day. Yeah. Um, and that's a totally acceptable answer. The question is vague on purpose. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, there are, there are comics that I will write, you know, that miraculously exist from beginning to end in, in my head and that I can get down on paper. More often than not, it's a talking process for me. I need to talk with my collaborators. I need to say, this is, this is what I'm thinking. What are you thinking? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm working on a, a project right now with a very close friend who is... St- over here to my left, and you know that that process is entirely a conversational one. It's sure. let's you know how do we want to do this? Here's some ideas, and then breaking it down, and then you know, and and then when it comes to the writing, it's going to be passing the pages back and forth and examining them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I work with Rick Burchett on Lady Saber and Eric Newsom. Those calls, you know, and we're spread across the country for that. You know, that that is a telephone call every every Monday about how are we doing this, what's going on, this is what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I believe in the editorial process. Sure. And if I don't have an official editor, I'll find someone and designate them unofficially as my editor. But I need to I, I, I need to talk and cure it. You need a sounding board to yeah. bounce things off of. And I know I know there's some writers, you know, Brian Bendis is fond of saying that if you're talking about it, it means you don't want to write it. And for him that's true. Sure. Uh, for me, it's not. For yeah. me, talking about it is a way to to hear the story and sort of draft it, and then I get to go back and work it out on paper. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I need I need that interaction. Maybe because writing itself is pretty solitary. Sure. So, yeah. uh, what's your trick? 
Um, the best trick I've got is never finishing a sentence if I'm writing prose. Like, mm -hmm. if I'm stopping for the day, I stop mid-sentence. Yeah. Never stop at the end of the chapter, never stop at the end of a sentence. Wow. Stop midway, force yourself to walk away. That's a really good trick. It, it, it works pretty well because yeah. you, I, my process tends to be, especially on prose, on the novels, I'll come back, I'll reread, and I'll get to that point and I'll go, okay, I know what I was going to do here and I'll be able to sure, slide sure, back sure. in. Um, you know, it takes about, I've read studies that say it takes 20 to 40 minutes, you know, to get the head back into that concentrated yeah, yeah. creative space. And there, there are cheats you can do to sort of speed that up. But I find that for myself, that's very effective. Yeah. It works very well. Uh, when I can remember to do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, give to us one piece of advice. Uh, put your ass in the chair and write. Um, the only really good piece of creative advice I have is that there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people who want to do what it is that you want to do. And you cannot control... There are so many things you cannot control. You can't control how it's going to be received. You can't control, you know, if there's God-given talent. You can't control any of that. What you can control is your commitment to the craft, sure. your commitment to the work. Yeah. You know, and if that means you write 500 words every day between, you know, 9 and 11 at night, you do it. Yeah. But the only thing you have absolute control over is your commitment to your craft. Yeah. And if you commit to your craft, you will get better at it. Yeah. I mean, that's the only thing. That is the thing that will always separate the people who are successful from those who aren't. You know, the good artists aren't people who sat down and are like, oh, I know how to draw. They're people who have spent thousands and thousands of hours learning how to do what they do. And you say the same for writers and musicians and actors and every profession. But that's what it is. It's you have to commit to the work. That's my advice. Well, that's it. That's fantastic advice. Uh, for answering our five questions, Mr. Rucker, please, uh, free plug, send our listeners wherever you want to send them. Uh, I would I would send you to uh, the Lady Saber uh, website, which has the horrible, horribly difficult URL <laughs> of www.ineffableether, I-N-E-F-F-A-B-L-E-A-E-T-H-E-R.com. It's the worst thing I've ever done is come up with a URL that nobody can ever remember. Are you going to list this on your rank of yeah, failures? Here's, here's the other thing. Yeah, that might be the highest one. <laughs> Go to Google and do a search for Lady Saber, S-A-B-R-E, webcomic, and you'll get there. That's the way to do it. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Greg. Always a pleasure, man. Nice talking to you, Corey. Joel Jones, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well. How's Emerald City Comic Con treating you? It's all right, yeah. Are you ready to go home? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm super ready. It is the last day of the show, so I, I don't blame you entirely. Yeah, totally pooped. Uh, Please give our listeners a little information about yourself and what you do. Uh, I am an uh, artist on most currently Helheim with Oni Press. Yeah. Other works? Yeah, lots of other stuff. I just did a Batman 66 uh, with Jeff Parker. That was super fun. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I got, I got stuff happening. You got stuff. There's stuff happening. Yeah. Uh, welcome to Surviving Creativity. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> um, we have creators on the show, and we ask them all five questions. And there's no right or wrong answer, and you can answer them however you want. So before we start, are you willing to answer our five questions? Yeah, I don't know if they're going to be any good. But <laughs> they're terrible. I'm not supposed to be funny, am I? No, you can do whatever. They're whatever you want. Oh, okay. Okay, question the first. Uh, please define for me success. I walked down that aisle. Um, 
success. Uh, maybe my version is a bit skewed. I, I'm going to take. I'm going to answer it how eight-year-old Joel would have defined success because I'm still confused myself. Okay. So that would mean uh, fresh flowers, right. um, an, uh, an eternal puppy, okay. and uh, my own bedroom. <laughs> I. The, uh, my, this is my favorite answer. To, I've, <laughs> I've talked to like 20 people and this is the best answer yet. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. Success means I get to sleep in every day. Uh, that hasn't changed oh, from the 8-year-old. That's yeah. great. That is a great answer to that yeah. question. <laughs> yeah. I sleep in. Uh, please tell me a story about your greatest failure. My greatest failure? Uh, I tried to teach myself how to knit. <laughs> It was awful. It was terrible. Yeah. Didn't go well. No. <laughs> what was what was the end result of teaching yourself to knit? Just uh, a, a whole lot of uh, knots on the floor that I, like, yeah, I couldn't even get to the part where you're supposed to roll the yarn into a ball. Right, right, right. Uh, it was just awful. <laughs> well, and I had a, I have a puppy, uh, not an eternal puppy, just in case right. you were wondering. I haven't. I'm not totally successful. But uh, I have a puppy that was on the other end of the yarn, eating it the whole time. So I get to these like knit parts, and it's got dog slobber all over it. And I think that affected the gauge, like it made it shrink. Like so, parts of the scarf were like wonky shaped. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have trouble getting through this. Sorry. Sorry. Are you? <laughs> the eternal puppy thing fucking killed. <laughs> well, you've thought of it too, though. I, I have. <laughs> yeah. Really? Well, sure. Everybody would love that. What the, okay. This is not one of the questions, but define for me an internal puppy. Well, it's just like it sounds. It's like a dog that never grows up. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's success. Yeah. Maybe a night out with friends too. I don't know. This is the best. <laughs> uh, okay. Whew. Yeah. Uh, well, but what did you what did you learn from failing to learn how to knit? That's not one of the questions either. I just want to okay. know. I learned to um, just stick with what I'm good at. Right. Yeah. I draw pictures. <laughs> that's Don't that's knit. good. Don't knit. <laughs> uh, okay. Deep breath. Uh, <laughs> Third, third question. Mm -hmm. um, I can't even remember the fucking question. No. Okay, third question. Yeah. Uh, tell, tell us about your process. Wait, for work? For it's, it's your question. You can answer it however you want. Okay. Uh, I wake up uh, around 11. Yeah. First, I go to the bathroom. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take us through it. Well, <laughs> my process. Because <laughs> that's the first thing that everybody does. Right. Uh, I get a little breakfast, yeah. like usually coffee and pastry. Right. Chocolate croissants are sure. my bag. <laughs> that's your jam. Yeah, that's my jam. Uh, I don't know. I go to the studio. I do like a. Uh, I give myself an hour to warm up. Yeah. Uh, so I do a, like a warm up doodle sketch. You post those. Those are really good. Yeah. Sometimes I post them. I don't post the bad ones. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and then I get to it, and my day will be anywhere between eight to sixteen hours. Jesus. I know. Sixteen hours. Yeah. Yeah. Without stopping, you just go, go, go. Yeah, yeah. Well, bathroom breaks, 
yeah. are very important right. for, food, food. for your health. Uh, I do eat yeah. Pop-Tarts mostly. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Pop-Tarts and Red Bulls. And that's, that's, what keeps, that's what keeps the art fueled. Yeah, and it gives my complexion a glowing. <laughs> I don't know, that's not true. I know. I, use, I take vitamin E for that. Okay. <laughs> Please come on the show and do a full episode with us. Okay. If you want, is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Wait. No, I've got two more questions. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. Uh, uh, what's your trick? My trick? Yeah. Um. Uh, I used to be good at accents. <laughs> okay. But I'm out of practice. You're out of practice. Right. I'm out of practice. Do you, uh, do you want to show us one, or you no, want to wait till later? No. Not. No way. Okay. Yeah. What, uh, if you come on the show, will you do one for us? Maybe. It, it helps if I have a cold. I do like a really good Russian accent when I have a cold. <laughs> but I can only say like two sentences. But they're killer, trust me. <laughs> we'll wait until you're not feeling well, and then we'll have you on the show. That's perfect, okay. yeah. All right, last question. Okay. Uh, because I'm afraid I'm, I'm, I'm going to hurt myself. <laughs> okay. Uh, give us one piece of advice. Um... Gosh, one piece of advice. Um, I, I guess uh, floss. Oh, wash your face twice a day. It's really? good for you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> do you take face washing breaks while you're drying? No, no, no. I do it as soon as you wake up. Uh-huh. Uh, I didn't include that in my process. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then before you go to bed, okay. you wash your face. Right. Uh, keep your hands clean. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't wipe your ass on the towels. <laughs> this is advice from my mother. <laughs> Her old-timey wisdom. Uh, don't wipe your ass on the towels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's your old-timey I wisdom. I don't know. I, that, I don't have any advice. That was a question of advice. <laughs> I like, so I like your advice. That's all I got. That, that's all five questions. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, you're done. <laughs> okay. Uh, Thank you so much for answering our five questions and thoroughly entertaining me. You're absolutely the end of this episode, by the way. <laughs> You're going on. <laughs> okay. Um, well, now's your chance to plug whatever you want to plug and send our listeners wherever you want to send them. Okay. Uh, you can look at my website, joelljones.com. I'm on Twitter. Same name. Uh, go read Helheim. I think it's great. Um, it, is. It, is. it is really great. <laughs> and Colin's really great. He wrote it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and you're just as entertaining on Twitter as you are in real life. Yeah, but but I rarely I rarely post unless my mom's visiting. <laughs> unless your mother's in town. Yeah. Thank you so much, Joel. You, you really this is delightful. Thank oh, you. I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of the show. Thanks. You too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us for another episode of Surviving Creativity. We had a blast at Emerald City Comic Con. Thank you so much to all of the staff and crew who run that show. It is truly one of the best in comics. If you get a chance, head on out there. Thank you again to everyone who spoke with us on the show. And thank you, patrons, 
for making Surviving Creativity possible. Join us next week for another episode of Surviving Creativity.